difficult man at home, impatient, hot-tempered and forgetful. The children were fond of him, but held him in great respect. They all heaved a sigh of relief when he went away for a few days, for then they could make as much noise as they liked, tear up and down the stairs, play silly jokes, and generally be as mad as they pleased. Will Uncle Quentin be at home all the time we're staying with you? asked Anne. She was really rather afraid of her hot-tempered uncle. No, said George. Mother and father are going away for a tour in Spain, so we'll be on our own. Wizard, said Dick. We can wear our bathing costumes all day long then if we want to. And Timmy can come in at mealtimes without being sent out whenever he moves, said George. He's been sent out every single mealtime this week just because he snapped at the flies that came near him. Father goes absolutely mad if Timmy suddenly snaps at a fly. Shame, said Anne, and patted Timmy's rough-haired back. You can snap at every single fly you like, Timmy, when we're on our own. Woof, said Timmy gratefully. There won't be time for any adventure these halls, said Dick regretfully, as they walked down the lane to Kirin Cottage. Red poppies danced along the way, and in the distance, the sea shone as blue as cornflowers. Only two weeks, and back we go to school. Well, let's hope the weather keeps fine. I want to bathe six times a day. Soon, they were all sitting round the tea table at Kirin Cottage, and their Aunt Fanny was handing round plates of her nicest scones and tea cake. She was very pleased to see her nephews and niece again. Now George will be happy, she said, smiling at the hungry four. She's been going about like a bear with a sore head the last week or two. Have another scone, Dick. Take two while you're about it. Good idea, said Dick, and helped himself. Nobody makes scones and cakes like you do, Aunt Fanny. Where's Uncle Quentin? In his study, said his aunt. He knows it's tea time, and he's heard the bell, but I expect he's buried in something or other. I'll have to fetch him in a minute. I honestly believe he'd go without food all day long if I didn't go and drag him into the dining room. Here he is, said Julian, hearing the familiar, impatient footsteps coming down the hall to the dining room. The door was flung open. Uncle Quentin stood there, a newspaper in his hand, scowling. He didn't appear to see the children at all. Look here, Fanny, he shouted. See what they put in this paper? The very thing I gave orders was not to be put in. The dolts, the idiots, the... Quentin, whatever's the matter, said his wife. Look, here are the children. They've just arrived. But Uncle Quentin simply didn't see any of the four children at all. He went on, glaring at the paper. He wrapped at it with his hand. Now we'll get the place full of reporters, wanting to see me and wanting to know all about my new ideas, he said, beginning to shout. See what they've said? This eminent scientist conducts all his experiments and works out all his ideas at his home, Kirin Cottage. Here are his stack of notebooks, to which are now added two more, fruits of his visit to America, 
And here at his cottage are his amazing diagrams, and so on and so on. I tell you, Fanny, we'll have hordes of reporters down. No, we shan't, dear, said his wife. And anyway, we are soon off to Spain. Do sit down and have some tea. And look, can't you say a word to welcome Julian, Dick and Anne? Uncle Quentin grunted and sat down. I didn't know they were coming, he said, and helped himself to a scone. You might have told me, Fanny. I told you three times yesterday and twice today, said his wife. Anne suddenly squeezed her uncle's arm. She was sitting next to him. <laughs> You're just the same as ever, Uncle Quentin, she said. You never, never remember we're coming. Shall we go away again? Her uncle looked down at her and smiled. His temper never lasted very long. He grinned at Julian and Dick. Well, here you are.